Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now here's something we hope you'll really like. He's colossal. Stupendous. One might even go so far as to say he's mediocre. This is a single storm podcast. Notice I haven't talked on the podcast about the issues with Russia. I've not felt compelled to do it, but I gotta be honest with you, frankly, it pisses me off. There is we should not be here in this whole thing with Russia. We shouldn't be paying close to eight dollars for a gallon of gasoline in California, premium unleaded. By the way, gas prices are gonna continue to go up. It's an absolute joke. And we shouldn't be here. We shouldn't have Look, don't get me started. This is the stuff you can get on the Newsmax show. This is the stuff you can get on on uh, KSEV, on conservative talk radio that's heard all over the country. So we've, we've tried not to make the, the podcasts about anything other than, you know, why you live your life, about some of the ins and the outs of, of why you live your life, why the politics is important, you know, so you can enjoy your life. But I got to be honest with you. I'm taking a road trip. And it's going to be a lot more expensive this year than it was last year, right? That's, that's for everybody. Way more expensive. I'm not just talking a couple of dollars here and there. I mean, you're, you're looking at when, when Trump left office, it was like a buck 80 for a gallon of gasoline. Folks, we're at $4 a gallon and rising in places like Texas. Like I said, it's eight bucks, approaching eight bucks a gallon for premium out in California. And I'm hearing $6 for a gallon of gasoline on average in the United States is where it's headed before we get the summer. I'm sorry. That's just, that just sucks. I had a friend of mine. Hold on a second. I just, I just had this text just came through minutes ago. She drives a Honda Civic and I'm trying to find it. Where to go, where to go, where to go. There it is. Just filled up my Honda Civic and cost me. 45 bucks. No, 51 bucks. $51 to fill up a Honda Civic. Half a C-note. It's just outrageous. So you got that to deal with. And here's Mayor, sorry, Secretary Pete Buttigieg. Here was his big idea to uh, to handle all of your suffering out there in, on, on gas prices. And this is the tone deafness of this administration. But just have a listen. Clean transportation can bring significant cost savings for the American people as well. 
Last month, we announced a $5 billion investment to build out a nationwide electric vehicle charging network so the people from rural to suburban to urban communities can all benefit from the gas savings of driving an EV. That's his solution. Just go, just go buy an electric vehicle. That, that's a solution. So your gas prices are up in the $8 range. And all you got to do is go buy yourself an electric vehicle. Problem solved. You guys know that's not going to solve your problem, right? Uh, where is the power going to come from to charge your electric vehicles, number one? Of course, that comes from fossil fuels because of the amount of, of fossil fuel generating power plants we have in this country. There isn't enough wind and solar to do that that's online to, to charge everybody's electric vehicles. Let's just say magically everybody had an electric vehicle overnight. There's no way. You guys remember recently there was that incident in Virginia, massive snowstorm rolled across and people were stuck in traffic because of the snowstorm. Can you imagine being stuck in your car with an electric car having to run your heater and you had no, you had no combustion engine to keep your warm. It's a lot more efficient. I mean, what would those people have done? Not to mention you know, getting through the blizzard and such. And I've, I know I'm ignoring the obvious. How many of you can just go out and plop down some money for an electric vehicle? Do you guys know the price difference between an electric vehicle and your, your average internal combustion engine car? Well, according to our pals over at WalletGenius.com, the average price of an electric vehicle is $57,000. Hmm. The average price for a gas-driven vehicle is $35,000. That's a $22,000 difference. And Secretary Pete Buttigieg says, just go out and plop down $57,000. Get yourself an electric vehicle. Problem solved, right? It doesn't occur to this guy who's an elitist and a party of elitists and an administration of elitists that you all aren't making Nancy Pelosi money. You all aren't making Hunter Biden money. You just can't, can't go out and plop down 57 grand on an electric vehicle. Put another way, if you're struggling to pay $8 a gallon gasoline, chances are you're not going to have $57,000 to drop on a brand new electric vehicle. I mean, for the love of Pete, not Secretary Pete, but for the love of St. Peter, you've got to be kidding me. Uh, Peter Ducey went gotten back and forth with Jen Psaki. Jen Psaki said it would be easier for America to get rid of all fossil fuels than it would be to turn on the Keystone XL pipeline. <laughs> I kid you not. She said it. And I, I'm sorry, stupidity like that that harms you and me should not be allowed. We should outlaw stupidity. I'm just saying. And that goes for everybody. I, I have been hearing from some in this country that Vladimir Putin is a hero. Vladimir Putin is hero, says American patriots, they say. The reason why they say he's a, a hero is that the American people are, are gobbling up, some of them, 
this Russian disinformation campaign that says Ukraine has American-funded bioweapons labs. Bioweapons labs. And then they point to this graphic that was somehow deleted from the State Department somewhere saying, see, look at that. It says right there, there are bioweapons labs. Folks, I do not doubt the United States has bio labs all over the world. And I don't doubt that there are even some of them that might be bioweapons labs during research. However, here's what I do know. The United States of America doesn't publicize it. This is our bioweapons plant. We don't publicize it. Now, Victoria Newland, uh, what is she, State Department still? I don't even know what her job is. She's a former Obamaite. They recycle these people like uh, toilet paper in the, le- in the left-wing media. So she's out there talking and admitting to Senator Marco Rubio that these biolabs do exist. Does Ukraine have chemical or biological weapons? Uh, Ukraine has uh, biological research facilities which, in fact, we are now quite concerned Russian troops, Russian forces may be seeking to uh, gain control of. So we are working with the Ukrainians on how they can prevent any of those research materials from falling into the hands of uh, Russian forces should they approach. I'm sure you're aware that the Russian propaganda Groups are already putting out there all kinds of information about how they've uncovered a plot by the Ukrainians to release biological weapons in the country and with NATO's coordination. If there's a biological or chemical weapon incident or, uh, or attack inside of Ukraine, is there any doubt in your mind that 100 percent it would be the Russians that would be behind it? There is no doubt in my mind, Senator, and it is classic Russian uh, technique to blame on the other guy what they're planning to do themselves. Okay, so... That's not that I, I trust Victoria Nuland, the undersecretary of state for political affairs. I don't. I don't trust her as far as I can throw her. And trust me, folks, I can't throw her very far. But here's what I do know. That are there bio facilities all over the, the world? Yes. Does Russia have bio facilities? Oh, yes. Does Russia have bioweapons facilities? Hell to the yes. Does every American enemy have bioweapons facilities? Yes. You know where this distrust comes from? This distrust comes from Anthony Fauci lying about his funding of gain-of-function research at the Wuhan lab in communist China. According to interviews I've done with sitting members of Congress and from documentation, it looks like Dr. Anthony Fauci, his eminence, wanted to be famous, his swan song. He wanted to create a cure to all China viruses, to the coronavirus strain. So... Obama put the kibosh on his ability to research that kind of stuff here in the United States because, oh, hell, it's dangerous. So where did he go? He funds EcoHealth Alliance and funds it over there in China where they have no such restrictions. And by the way, because they're communists and they cut corners, there are no safety protocols either. And the damn thing escapes. Voila, pandemic. Last two years, we've been settled into this. So Americans, and a lot of Americans believe the pandemic cost us a great president donald j trump which by the way we didn't have soaring gas prices open borders a terrible foreign policy and america on the decline under president trump sorry that's just that's just a fact 
one and a half years of Beijing Biden, and this country's already in the toilet. But folks, I am not going to sit there and, and surrender to Vladimir Putin's playing on our fears. Use some logic here. Yeah, are there bio facilities in Ukraine? Sure, every country's got them that's of second or first world status. Hell, even some third world countries have bio facilities. Does it mean they're concocting the next bio weapon to be used against the world? No. And what makes you think, those of you who believe Mother Russia over Ukraine, think that Ukraine and China are any at any way similar? They're not. Is Ukraine corrupt? Yeah, sure. They, they've been padding the pockets of Democrats for years. But those elements have been slowly but surely being extricated out of that government. President Trump had a great relationship with Zelensky. It was, it, don't you remember? It was Zelensky who came out and said, yeah, I had a conversation with President Trump. It was perfectly fine. Perfectly fine. So you folks out there who are part of the, you know, oh, uh, the American government's full of a bunch of liars, so now I'm going to uh, hop on board with Russian disinformation? Are you kidding me? Folks, to put it plainly, Russia is an enemy of the United States. How do I know that? They've been working to undermine the currency of the United States. They've been conducting military exercises against the United States, all with our other enemies, Iran and China. It's the axis of oppression. And I, for the life of me, folks, I, I do not get where some of these conspiracy theorists are like, yeah, let's, let's hop in bed with the hero, Vladimir Putin. I'm like, get the hell out. Guy's a KGB, former KGB agent who wants to bring back the Soviet Union and all the wonderful 6 million deaths, at least. 60, was it 6 million? 60 million? No, 6 million. 6 million deaths? I, I get China's communist regime and the Soviet Union's communist regime mixed up with the number of deaths they sponsored over their, their long and bloody histories on this planet. In my rather informed opinion, the idea that Vladimir Putin is a hero to the United States, it's just a bunch of bullshit. Russian disinformation bullshit. But I recognize not everybody agrees. We, we can't have these common sense conversations with, with leftists, with the Democrat Socialist Party. We can't. So we've got to have it amongst ourselves and not all of the Republicans and all the conservatives see eye to eye on a lot of things. But at least we can still talk together as Americans. Look, folks, you, you guys know on talk radio, uh, whether it be in podcasting, whether it be on conservative talk radio, whether it be on Newsmax or, or Fox, we're the only people having honest debates. The other side doesn't know how to debate. All they do is cry racism or man-made global warming or whatever, and that they believe they win arguments and debates. We just don't do it that way on the right. We, we actually talk with each other and try to understand. And that's why I wanted to invite uh, an old buddy of the program, Jack Posobiec. He's host of Human Events Daily on Turning Point. He's a veteran, the U.S. Navy intelligence officer who, who lives in Washington, D.C. God love him. Jack, welcome back. Hey, Chris. Thanks for having me on. Well, let's, let's you and I talk about the, your read on Russia, on Putin, on Ukraine, uh, because, look, I, I mean, for me, I'll, I'll tell you where I am, and then I'm going to get your read. I look at Putin, and I see an enemy. He's an enemy of the United States because he's, he's colluding. He's practicing doing military exercises with another enemy, China. They're teamed up with Iran. I call them the axis of oppression. Where am I going wrong? 
Well, I certainly wouldn't uh, consider these guys to be uh, friendly to the United States, and certainly not at this point. Look, what, what China and Russia are doing at this point are not only are they obviously, uh, you know, Russia's conducting their military operations in this, with this invasion of Ukraine. China is backstopping, essentially bankrolling or underwriting the entire thing, because as they're conducting the operations there, they're blowing up the international system. They're blowing up this international financial system with SWIFT. They're decoupling from all of that. Uh, they're decoupling from the petrodollar. They're going to tank the U.S. dollar. And it seems to me as though the Biden administration doesn't even understand what's actually going on. No, I'm with you. And you know that the Chinese and the Russians have been teaming up to to undermine the dollar as the world's reserve currency for many, many moons. So you think that this this war in Ukraine is is a uh, some sort of an event that's going to advance that along? Well, I think what they're doing is that um, you know they're carving up their sphere of influence, and Russia is basically saying we're we're leaving, but we're taking Ukraine with us. We're not letting. So for the last uh, you know almost decade or so, the Ukrainians have been getting closer and closer to the West. They've been training with NATO, if not an official member of NATO. There have been multiple iterations of NATO training operations within uh, the territory of Ukraine. Um, they've all but talked about you know joining the European Union and all of that, bringing it closer and closer to the West, which would you know really put them within the United States and UK sphere of influence. Russia, on the other side, has now decided, no, we don't want that. We're pushing you completely out. And we're doing so, obviously, with the force of arms that we're seeing now playing across our TV screens and our, our you know, social media right now. Okay. Well, you, our, our buddy Tucker Carlson over on Fox has been spurring a lot of debate. He's not convinced that, that Vladimir Putin is the threat that I believe he is uh, and that, that we, we, shouldn't be, we shouldn't be so hard on Mother Russia and... He's not been a fan of of Zelensky or the Ukrainian people because of the obvious corruption that has existed there. And maybe I'm just too simplistic a guy, but I'm well, you know, yeah, Ukraine is corrupt. And yeah, it's enriched a bunch of Democrats because they that that's where Democrats get their money is through corruption. But still, Putin wants to kill Americans and he's teaming up with communist China to do it again. Where, where do you fall on that on that analysis? Well, I fall on the analysis of figuring out what do we do that's best for the American people. If this guy's willing to kill Americans, then okay, what do we need to do to prevent that from happening and keep our people safe, right? And that means preventing an outbreak of World War III, preventing these ideas like, you know, allowing NATO jets to fly missions into Ukraine, which would obviously trigger Article 5 and something that Putin's been very, very clear about. Because at the end of the day, when you're talking about putting nuclear weapons on the table, and yet we kind of have to go back to the old you know, Cold War rules of the road when it comes to this stuff. There was a very good reason that we got into these proxy wars, whether it be Afghanistan, whether it be Vietnam, Korea, you know, to an extent was a proxy war. Um, the reason that we don't want to get into a direct open shooting war with Russia is because, you know, then the cost of that becomes, you know, maybe New York City, Washington, D.C., Los Angeles, um, you know, San Francisco, yeah, you know, even San Francisco, right? We still got to protect our people. <laughs> Right. Well, I still, yeah, they're part of America. Jack Vesobic is our guest right now, folks. He's the host of Human Events Daily on Turning Point. He's also a veteran uh, of the United States Armed Forces. So the, the read on, on what's happening now, I understand that you don't like the idea of NATO 
going in there with fighter jets. But what about the United Nations? The United Nations is able to enforce no-fly zones. Would that be a, a, a way around not triggering World War III? Well, I think a no-fly zone would be a terrible idea because, you know, we, we call it no-fly zone, but that's a complete misnomer. Saying no-fly zone is like saying mostly peaceful protest, right? There'd be a lot of flying in the no-fly zone. What it, a no-fly zone means is that fighter jets from somebody are going to be up there enforcing this no-fly zone. Now, the Russians, because they've said they're going to be conducting combat operations in this area, they're not going to abide by it. They're going to go in. That means you're going to have air-to-air combat between whoever that force is and Russia and you have the SEAD means, so that's your um, destruction of enemy air defenses. So, you know, we, pre- we prevent the ability of the, and this is U.S. doctrine, we prevent the enemy from the ability to field fighter craft into that area. So that means taking out airfields, taking out air defenses. Plus, by the way, the Russians have already deployed their S-400 systems throughout a lot, many parts of Ukraine and even parts of Russia. Those things, and they just scored um, remember correctly, you know, we have, again, we're still kind of in the fog of war, but I believe they just actually scored a world record for taking down a jet at 100 miles away. Yeah, you got to tell them a, what that system is. System, it's it's a air missile. So that means, yeah. you know, they can park these things right on the border of Russia and just lob these missiles up and take out jets. I mean, it is a bad, bad situation, and it would get much, much worse if we tried to enforce one of these no flies. Do we bring the UN in? I think yes, but I think you bring the UN in as a way to backstop these negotiations. If you can get some kind of peace deal, that's when you bring in U.S. UN peacekeepers and say, look, we're going to bring in independent third-party nations to enforce these humanitarian corridors and figure out what's actually going on the ground and prevent an outbreak of future fighting. America's interest has been, we've debated on this show, it's, it's openly in debate out there. What business do we have in Ukraine? Some people like me point out that we, the, the we have a memorandum, the Budapest memorandum, that said we convinced the Ukrainians give up your nukes and we'll we'll be there if Russia ever gets squirrely. Of course, Joe Biden made liars out of all of us on that. Uh, there are those who say, look, this is Europe's war. We got problems of our own back here at home, so we shouldn't get involved. Where where are you? Well, look, I think Ukraine, and and it has to be said, right? We you know we can condemn Russia, and we should, but at the same time, we shouldn't lie about how this all started. You have the elite in this country. Uh, predominantly on one side, but not all, using Ukraine as their piggy bank, right? Ukrainian oligarchs were the number one donor to the Clinton Foundation for years. The Wall Street Journal reported that. Uh, You you can just look at Hunter Biden's laptop, and I have a copy of the hard drive, and you can see all the money (laughs) that he was pulling out of this place, Uh right? And they were also funding American arms dealers and these American think tanks like the Atlantic Council. Just throughout, they were using it as their personal piggy bank. And they didn't care what the repercussions were for the Ameri- for the Ukrainian people, and they certainly didn't care how how that looked uh, to the people in the Kremlin who were getting a little bit upset that all this militarization and weaponization was going on right on their front porch. That being said, when it comes to the American people, I'm thinking about uh, when I hear about all these oil bans and the fact that we're st- we still have a moratorium on drilling, on fracking, on offshore drilling, on nuclear here in the United States. I'm hearing about oil bans. You're going to go make deals with the gangsters in Caracas and the mullahs in Tehran without actually unleashing the American energy uh, powerhouse that we had just a couple of years ago under Trump. You're going to see $6 a barrel or $6 a gallon gas very, very quickly. You already have it in California. It's going to be across the entire country if they continue to pursue these policies. And I hope that every American out there listens who knows that the price of your gas is a direct result 
of the policies of the U.S. government under this administration. That's funny. I was just I I had a conversation earlier with a guy who swings left who said that nothing the the executive branch does impacts the prices uh, of a gallon of gasoline or energy prices. And I said, dude, are you out of your ever loving mind? Why do we elect a president if the, if their policies don't impact us? Isn't that isn't that insane for the Democrats to come out and say that nothing Biden is doing is impacting energy prices? Well, they're desperate at this point because the American people aren't stupid and the American people can see what's going on. They can see that when a war breaks out, the price of the barrel of oil goes up because they understand, by the way, like the American people are busy, but they're not stupid, right? They understand that the oil market operates off of futures. And the idea being that's why the price swings up and down so much, because it's not about how many reserves or how many um, are tapped and being exploited now, how much gas is flowing. It's about how much is going to be priced in in the future. That's why, uh, for example, airline tickets haven't gone up uh, incredibly high yet, but they will because uh, the airlines, when they buy gas in bulk, they're pricing it in, they're locking that price in early. Uh, you're going to see that happen next, though, and you're going to see this huge cascading effect. I mean, you think inflation is bad now? Wait until you see $200 a barrel gas. Wait until you see that. And by the way, that also that also goes to serve to help Russia. Yep. That helps Russia fuel their war machine. It's essentially how they get most of their state money, uh, certainly for the government. This is such a no-brainer policy that I actually step back and look at this, and I say, you know what? I think this is actually deliberate because I think they've been talking to that guy, Klaus Schwab, at the World Economic Forum, and some of those ideas of resetting our entire structure. And, you know, Pete Buttigieg comes out there and says, well, just, just buy some electric cars. You'll be fine. Just drive Tesla. Yeah, because what are Tesla's powered on? Electricity that comes from coal and fossil fuels, right? You're not, you know, yeah, it's electric, but it's still got to come from somewhere, Pete. They actually want to do this. I think at this point that it's deliberate. Well, I, I, I don't disagree with that. That's for sure. So where does all this go? Uh, at the end of the day, where do you see the, the Russia-Ukraine war, America's involvement? When it's all done, when it's all done, where do you see it coming down? Well, look, I, I think at the end of the day, um, the best move for Ukraine, the best move for America, you've got to find a balance. You've got to find that balance in Ukraine where it's not so unbalanced that Russia's willing to go to war. So you've got to drive those costs up for Putin. You've got to drive up their ability to make war, make it too costly for them, both in terms of money and in terms of future deals for Russia outside the country. And that's obviously why you've got to target oil. That's the only thing that's really going to make an effect. These sanctions, it's, it's, it's nothing. It's tiddlywinks to them. That's number one. Number two is we need to start looking at our country and looking at our, government, our U.S. policies and our foreign policies from the perspective of, okay, we don't want more of this happening. How do we find that balance diplomatically with these gangster regimes wherever they are in the world so that it doesn't break out into hostilities again. Jack Posobiec, he's the host of Human Events Daily on Turning Point Live. He is a veteran who served in the United States military, naval intelligence officer, and man, it has been far too long. we got to get you back on the show more often. Thanks for being here. Appreciate it, Chris. Thank you. Okay, that was a big one. Big discussion point today. I know a lot going on with Russia, Ukraine, all that kind of stuff. Don't ignore the heady stuff. Just don't do it every day here on the Salcedo Storm podcast. Folks, if you want to keep up with all that stuff, make sure you join us on AM 700 KSEV on Talk Radio. And of course, every night on Newsmax TV. Check your local listings. If you don't get it, demand it. But if they tell you they won't accede to your demands, no problem. You see, you can watch Newsmax anytime for free on their app. 
which is always nice. And as always, make sure you keep up with the Chris Salcedo Show at chrissalcedo.com. That's where you also get information on the Salcedo Storm podcast. As a matter of fact, everything about the program is pretty much there at chrissalcedo.com. I just can't wait for you to hear the next episode of the Salcedo Storm podcast. See ya.